0: One of the things that we've been studying, they've been studying in in Wednesday nights is the parables of the kingdom and which has been, you know, really exciting. Uh, And uh, Uh, this morning, I I want to talk about the kingdom uh, and find some applications for our lives and uh, make us aware uh, of the kingdom. Sometimes we... The, the kingdom's idea is something that we're waiting, you know, that uh, will happen when, well, the church is gone, and then all of a sudden, you know, after our wedding together, there is a thousand years of rule and reign on earth. And so many people are just waiting for that event to take place and, you know, just kind of biding their time. But uh, uh, if that is your if that is your uh, your, your your belief, uh, you know, God give you strength while you wait. You know, uh, uh, it doesn't happen to be my belief, uh, and uh, I'll have some scriptures. Well, uh, at very purpose this morning. All right, in uh, Mark 1:15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he tells us the kind of response that needs to, to happen when we become aware that, you know, where the kingdom of God, you know, uh, where it's at. You know, if it's just off in the, the eons, you know, we don't have to repent and believe. But if if it's something that is... You know, functioning, you know, then he says we need, to, we need to repent and believe the gospel. And what is that? That's the gospel of the kingdom. So the kingdom comes with a message. All right. Uh, and then in um, Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was a forerunner and a messenger. Drawn attention to. All right. <clears throat> Why would you draw attention to something that's, well, 2,000 years of church age, you know? I mean, we're, we're a long ways down the road if we... Matthew 4.17 From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the cooking of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So Paul incorporates here that there's a work to be done. It's a work to be done. First Corinthians chapter 15:58: "Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work." Remember Gil- Gideon Gilligan's Island. Whenever the word "work" came up, you know, his voice got a little bit higher. I think that's probably (laughs) work. Come on. (laughs) Ah, Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Have you ever thought about that you are a workplace priest? A workplace priest? And that the kingdom of God is our work? It is our work. See, Christian ethics and Christian living is not simply about avoiding evil, but it's proactive. It's about doing, doing good. What is kingdom work? Well, we could have a full page of it. But by and large, boiled down kingdom work is undoing the curse. The curse that came through sin. Reversing the curse and restoring, you know, what was lost. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Where? Well, in life. And in life it affects you. You and me. Jesus was and is a kingdom builder. And I believe that he's calling his disciples... You and me to be kingdom builders. I believe that. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom, Jesus is the king of the kingdom, Jesus established the purposes of the kingdom. Preach the good news. Jesus declares the parables of the kingdom. Jesus demonstrates the kingdom when he was here. Jesus deployed the kingdom. He called the disciples to him, the twelve. He called the 72. You know what I mean? And then he also commissioned in the book of Matthew, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. So he deployed the kingdom. He also transformed the kingdom. He said, My kingdom is not of this world. The concept and the idea was primarily, you know, a boundaries of one river on this side and one river on that side and one river on the other side. Often, like our states, are somehow divided by some kind of, you know, natural marker. Jesus purchased the kingdom, so he's the rightful ruler. Of the kingdom. He empowered the kingdom and he returns for the kingdom. So the kingdom was central to Jesus' life in ministry. It was. He did not attempt to try to set and establish a kingdom as most people understood it. Nor did he come to establish and set it up totally at the given time. But he came to inaugurate the kingdom, the breaking in of the kingdom. The kingdom is not a set of ideas or features. It is the exercise by God of his authority. Psalms 47 says, for he is the king of the earth. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Reversing the curse. What is a curse? It's a spiritual force used by the devil to sabotage success and future. It's a spiritual force. Used by the devil to sabotage success and future. It's whatever destroys human life and is opposed to God's will must be done away with in the restoration of God's rule. It's God's method of reversing Satan's corruption. He corrupts everything. The gospel of, of the kingdom. Jesus spoke about, and where many times we get lost, it's called the mystery of the kingdom. The mystery of the kingdom. The mystery of the kingdom is, is that the kingdom is now and it is future. It is now, and it is future. So it's saying that the curse can be broken now. That heaven's economy can be ours, and it supersedes the economy of the earth. The mystery of the kingdom is fulfillment without consummation. Fulfillment without consummation. Matthew 13, he talks about the mysteries of the kingdom and that there are some that it's given to and others do not recognize it. Because when they thought of the kingdom, they thought of it too much in natural terms. They, expe- excuse me, they expected the Roman rule to be alleviated and Jesus would go ahead and overthrow their power and sit on the throne. They tried to take Jesus and make him king, and he escaped out of their midst. Because that was not, that is the consummation of it, but it's not the fulfillment of it. It says the kingdom has been fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah! The scriptures we read says the kingdom of God is here because the King is here. Jesus is the arrival of the kingdom. The neat thing about the kingdom of heaven is it's real. It's invisible, yet seen. It's everywhere. It's intangible, yet it impacts everything. It's eternal, and yet it influences time. There's a statement that's made in the Scripture about the presence of the kingdom, and when Jesus made it, the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. But Jesus had a different take on that. He said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom is now. It has come. Jesus makes it clear that the kingdom has come, but yet not reaches full potential and capacity in the parable of the nobleman in Luke chapter 19. He says to them that they that thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. All right? So here they are. They're believing in the, the, the message and the kingdom, but their concept and their idea of the kingdom, you know, was not present with the reality of what Jesus was talking about. And so he said, a certain no man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. And when you go through that kingdom parable, you discover, you know, that there was a quite a time in between the establishment of it, and when the king returned. The beauty of it is, is that kingdom blessings can be experienced now. There are those that are reserved for the consummation without a doubt. But, like for instance, you know, these dead bodies, when they're dead, yeah, when they're dead, not, not the dead ones right now, because there's, <laughs> there's dead ones right now, the scripture says too. But, uh, but there's going to be, you know, that resurrection barrel is actually going to transform the, the bodies that, that we live in, even though they have been in the grave. The parables of the kingdom are meant to show us the present and the future kingdom. Think about this. In the parable of the sower, Satan can snatch the word, the heat of trouble can scorch it. It's a parable of the kingdom. It doesn't sound like much of a kingdom, does it? But it's the mystery of the kingdom. The thorns can choke it out. And then, of course, it can also bear a lot of fruit. The mystery of the kingdom in the parable of the wheat and tares. The sons of the kingdom and the sons of evil are side by side until the harvest. We'd just love a perfect world, wouldn't we? Love to get rid of all the and I'll leave that one blank. <laughs> the parable of the mustard seeds, the parable of the kingdom. See, the kingdom came in Jesus like a mustard seed and not a military coup. That's what they wanted. That's what they expected was a military coup. Like that mustard seed. But he says that someday it's going to be huge. It's going to be mighty. But the master of the kingdom has come. He's come into the world without overthrowing the natural governments. Like many expect. Now influence is different. We are to have influence. And we can have influence. Influence. But the goal of Jesus is not to eventually sit in the White House. It's to sit on the throne of David. You see, and hear me this morning, the mystery. How about the parable of the missing or the fishing net? Throws this net out and just, it's full Those that are caught in the net, and it's a separation. He said the time comes when he separates what's been in the net. They were all in the net. One is kept and one is cast out. There's a mystery. But it's not limited to the scope and its effect in the world. But that the people who come under the power of God's kingdom are a mixed bag. They're a mixed bag, they're swept into the kingdom by the power of the kingdom. But they loved the healing and and not the holiness. They loved power but not purity. They loved wonders and not the will of God. It's not ours to determine. We can be fruit inspectors, but we cannot be judges of determination. The kingdom has arrived and he has come and sin has been dealt with. Righteousness is ours by faith. The spirit is now dwelling in us. Holiness is now being produced in us. The king's joy and peace have already been given to us. The king's victory over Satan is already ours. The king's power to witness is now available to us. The king's gifts, the gifts of the spirit, are already available. Ministry to reverse the curse, the kingdom. We belong to the kingdom, and the kingdom work is to please the king from an individual standpoint. So the kingdom work, what is our kingdom work? I believe that our kingdom work, we are called to integrate our faith and our work. In other words, our daily living. I don't think faith is just something that we carry around other faith or believers. Jesus said, go into all the world. And then he noticed that you know he wasn't filling up fast enough. He said, I want you to go out on the highways and byways then. He says, there are those that, you know what I mean, that have been missed. And they're a different type of people. They're more society's outcasts. But he says you, you need to start being energetic about the kingdom message. He says compel them to come in. Break into their life. Break into their, 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 their thinking present something to them that all of a sudden, you know, that can bring them to a decision. Because kingdom is really important. You've heard me say this before, but I believe it in because it's on my heart and it's the message that God is telling us, you know, we're to use our vocational calling to f- influence To influence our work. I can pick on Jan a minute, but I happen to know that she talks about, you know what I mean, God, and the things of the kingdom, and those ladies are sitting there, you know, getting their hair done. You know, they tell her stories, and she tells them answers. She gives them, you know what I mean, Now, kingdom principles. Every once in a while, you you might use the word God, and you might use the word Jesus, but you can just get the principle in there. And, you know, one thing for sure that he said in Matthew chapter 5, how the kingdom works and the avenue to get... Blessings flowing into your life is called the Beatitudes or attitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit or the humble. Imagine that that he says right there in Matthew that you can get blessing just flowing into your life if you start operating in kingdom living principles. It just starts flowing into your life. Jesus was very adept at taking the situation and getting a kingdom principle applied to it in the midst of it. My daughter, Laurie, and I get to hear about them, and she's a teacher, and she has so many You know, young kids that come to her. See, there's a light that shines, there's a peace that that is overflowing that just draws them in and you know, and she gets an opportunity to go ahead and, you know, love them in their problem and, you know, counsel them in their in their distress. And and all she's doing is all the time is just, you know, displaying kingdom principles talking about kingdom principles you know she told me the other day that she was talking with someone that's just really you know major issues and and uh, she was talking to them and she looked up at the clock and saw it was past school time okay i can talk a little more freely now (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? She was able to share a little bit more awesome. about God. <coughs> sure, sometimes we have to work with the perimeters. <laughs> you know? Don't just create trouble just for the sake, you know what I mean? Uh, you know. Wisdom is, needs to come into, into play. And then, of course, if you, you know, if you do face the fiery furnace, <laughs> you know what I mean, or the den of lions, well, you know which one to choose, don't you? Yes. You do. But the kingdom. He went and preached the ki- kingdom. Remember the story of the Gadarean, you know what I mean, with all those, you know, demons that he ran into those pigs. He was so full of them. And he wanted, to, he wanted to go preach the kingdom, and he wanted to go with Jesus. Well, I would too, you know. But Jesus said, no, he said, you just, you go back to your own people and you tell them what, what the Lord has has done one of the greatest testimonies you have is your personal experience in walking with the Lord understanding your place in God's kingdom is critical to understanding your vocational calling Daniel and the Hebrew children, they got displaced. They had been taken, I believe it was, something like 700 miles away into another foreign kingdom. Yet they didn't lose their kingdom principles. They didn't lose their kingdom role. God needs... Some kingdom people in Babylon. Amen? He does. Yeah. He needs some kingdom people in Egypt. See, building the kingdom involves winning the hearts, hearts of men and women and children with his love and with his word. The kingdom really increases in our life when we have relationship with the king. The more we have relationship with him, Jesus' instructions, you know, he said, when he said, occupy till I come, he's literally saying, do business till I come. What business? Kingdom business. Now, everybody does not have this, this, this honor and this privilege, you know what I mean? It doesn't have the latitude. I think sometimes you have to, to earn the credibility and the influence, to, you know what I mean? To, in order to expand it, but, you know my wife's office and, and her, her her role I you know she's been there how many years now? 11 years and you know I couldn't even begin to count the number of people that she has went ahead and you know been able to minister to not just those that work with her but those that come in from the outside God just sets the stage and You gotta be willing to step into the stage that he he sets. The kingdom of God lays at the heart of the teachings of life and the actions of Jesus. His whole purpose and his mission, his focus was inviting you and I into his kingdom and transforming people's hearts. Really is the first thing that he says, Nicodemus is just awed by Jesus and you know what i mean and and, and he's really uh, you know uh, uh, enamored by by his teachings. Jesus spends you know very little time virtually no time he gets right to the point he says. Unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. There has to be a spiritual encounter. There has to be a, an encounter with the king. Imagine The kingdom is so great and so amazing that that its increase is never going to end. And yet, most people can't see it. Unless you're born of water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Well, let's get it done then, because we want to get in the kingdom. It's the only kingdom that doesn't pass away. It's the only kingdom that really helps us deal with life and living. It's the only kingdom that has a king who went ahead and gave up his life for the subjects that would, so that they could come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Jesus, you know, in another passage says, you know, you know, okay, I you know, basically I understand how does this happen? We gotta believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe what? We'll believe who he is and, and what he did and who he did it for. And he said, You're gonna be saved. How I many know that's really a valuable step? It really is. In fact is, you know, Jesus himself told his disciples it's the most valuable and best step you ever made. That your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life or in the Kingdom Book. It's the best decision you ever made. And then when you make that decision you find out about the kingdom that you're going to be so inspired about the kingdom and, you know, and the wonders of the kingdom that you're going to be a disciple of the kingdom. Or you're going to be a priest in the workplace as I started out. Everybody, of course, is not in the, out in the public. And so those that are home My mom is gone now, but God would send all kinds of people by in her lifetime and her span. Some of them just need to hear about the kingdom. They don't haven't heard about the kingdom. They can't make a decision about the kingdom. The kingdom. Kingdom. Rediscover the kingdom of God. Yes. When you rediscover the kingdom of God, you'll discover the value of living life predicated on not what you see, but on what God has spoken. Yes, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Can I set right up front? God is not trying to restrict your life. He's trying to get you into righteousness and joy of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will take care of the rest of it. He's not trying to restrict your life. He's trying to, you know, get your life so you can enjoy it. God is not in word, but it's in power. In other words, just not something to be talked about, it's something to be demonstrated, something to be lived. Nicodemus was drawn to Jesus because, you know, it wasn't just talk. Something about him. So, as we discover the kingdom, how about building the kingdom at home? Build the kingdom at home. Joshua did that. Joshua said, For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Romans, in chapter 12, it says, you know, in building the kingdom, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There really is a mind of the kingdom. There really is a thought thought process of the kingdom. Why should we become godly-minded at home, within our home? Because, you know... We have influence. You're leaders. You're affecting generations. Your offspring. Build the kingdom in your personal life. Jesus said, whoever desires to find his life needs to lose his life. There's a lot of things that, from a natural standpoint of sight I want to do, but it's not life-giving. And I don't, I choose not to, and that's losing your life. Losing your life. Build the kingdom at work. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father is uh, in heaven. If you smash your thumb, bite your tongue. Don't let any expression come out (laughs) unless, you know, It's good. (laughs) We're lights for Christ. We're lights for Christ in work, at work, in actions, you know. We gotta our work habits and ethics need to stand out. Our attitudes need to stand out. Build the kingdom of God in the community. If you have opportunity to do good, just do it. Meet a need, either directly or indirectly. That's kingdom work. How can we maximize, and I ask my musicians to come, how can we maximize our productivity in God's kingdom? Number one, you need to be about your father's business. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all else shall be added unto you. That is not a pastoral, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor's, teacher's, you know, mandate. That is kingdom people's mandate. Be about the father's business. Being aware I know that it became a fad and a trend, and you know what I mean, and it's faded away. It it had really a good idea, but, you know, people, it, it became a catchphrase rather than, you know, a way of living. But what would Jesus do? Right. What would he do? The Father's business, the kingdom business. I have raised in the church. I think Jill and I have been raised in the church. But I have been renewing my commitment to the Lord. renewing it I found that it was getting mediocre I found that it was you know just I'm better than the other guy I'm doing more than they are it's not what it's about just renew your commitment renew your commitment to the kingdom redeem time how can we maximize our kingdom role redeem the time Bible says that days are really evil and so we need to be time conscious regarding the kingdom walk not as fools but wise so we need to manage our time well Do the work God has assigned you to do. It's different. You can maximize your kingdom effectiveness if you organize your life. Hebrews 12 says, Lay aside every weight and let us run. Keeping Jesus in view. Don't settle for constant chaos confusion in your life. I'm not talking about becoming a robot, but you need to have a structure so you can have productivity and creativity in your life. Declutter your life. I know this is not happy preaching but <laughs> the kingdom the kingdom was so important that he gave his life for it and he has such confidence in us that he's trusting us with the, with the kingdom Gospel of the Kingdom, the work of the kingdom, the influence of the kingdom. Know who you're trying to please. Trying to please the Lord. Very simple one. Maximize your mornings. (laughs) I got to be careful here. You need to regularly meet with God. I know life is busy. There's always something else to do. but you need to meet with God. Psalm 63 says, Early will I seek you. Psalms 143 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Oh, hallelujah. See, I don't care if you're still laying in bed. (laughs) I don't care if you're driving the car, going to work. making a difference just what did Gordy say just talk to him you can have an audience with him just spend some time with him oh you know you hear about those people that get three four hours in don't start there You'll burn out. <laughs> Benny Hinn wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Maybe that's all you'll get out before you're on to the next project. You know what I mean? But somehow, say, good morning, God. Yeah, Maximizing our potential in the in the kingdom of God. Operate on yourself. David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me and know my anxieties. Perform soul surgery. Oh, hallelujah! I don't know. I've had more surgery <laughs> physically and spiritually. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I've, I, I've, I've had such soul surgery in this time. It's been awesome. I almost want to go through it again just for the time with God. <laughs> but physically, I, my body ain't going to be able to take it. So... <laughs> Don't have anything like that happen. Let's go ahead and arrange our soul surgery, you know. You don't have to have downtime. We don't want it anymore, do we, John? No, no. (laughs) Well, just some personal soul surgery. David did it. The great king did it. Amen. Stand with me. Rely on the Holy Spirit living inside of you to help you. See, successful living is not about what God's... Successful living is about what God's doing through you, not what you're doing for God. It's what God is doing through you and not what you're doing for God. You say, how was that, Pastor? Remember the passage of Scripture that you're going to come to him and say, well, we've done this and we've done this and we've done this. And he said, I I just don't know you. There's a balance there, doing good. Hallelujah. I am... I'm going to be 70. It's a very young 70 that I'm going to be. But I'm... How can I put it? I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. Hallelujah. What song we got this morning? We're, 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 the kingdom. You know? He, he said, if you will do the kingdom, you know, everything that you dream about and want, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and orchestrate it for you. It'll be yours. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to pursue it. it. It will come. The blessing will overtake you if you'll just be a kingdom person right where you're at. Amen? was it? I mean, I remember a story. I'm supposed to quit, aren't I? But, I, you know, this is, you don't do this, brother, you know, but somebody said when I was growing up that the cows even knew that I got saved. <laughs> Then they used to get in my way, you know what I mean? I mean, they never heard such language coming out of me. But once I got saved, all of a sudden I treated them a whole lot better, you know what I mean? Because the transformation took place in my life and all creation is waiting and groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. How? Hallelujah, kingdom principle, kingdom living. Now, kingdom loving, that's what it's about. Amen. We're kingdom people. Glory to God, and the world is not gonna see the kingdom. They're not gonna be able to know what's going on in your life. They've gotta get into it before they can, so don't look for approval from them. You don't need their, you know what I mean, their high fives, etc., like that, you know. Not at all. All you need is the high five of Jesus Christ in your life. Praise God, because he is the King and the kingdom in Jesus' name. Now, I know you gotta go, but I'm not done, all right? Because listen, listen, the kingdom is a Holy Spirit-empowered kingdom. How would you describe your current experience as a Christian? Growing? Frustrated, disappointing, fulfilled, stuck, struggling, joyful, defeated, exciting, up and down, empty, discouraged, duty-driven, mediocre, dynamic, so-so. Anybody want to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jesus knew all about those things, and so here's what he said. He said, if anyone is thirst, if any of that is is the, is, the, is the level in the realm, the realm of, your, of your walk with the Lord. I've got an invitation for you. The last day of the feast, he stood and cried and said, If any man thirsts, let he come unto me and drink, because out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not be, yet yet been given. But I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit has been given amen the reason they waited for hundred and twenty days was 120 people the reason they waited for for 50 days uh, 40 days excuse me you know uh, for the Holy Spirit to come is because he hadn't yet arrived but all of a sudden he arrived on the day of Pentecost you know and boy did he make a showing didn't he <laughs> hallelujah he it was he it you know Jesus kind of come in and secrets you know what I mean he did Not the Holy Spirit, not at all. I'll tell you what, everybody in the city of Jerusalem knew that he had come, didn't they? Absolutely, and I mean, they just just became pouring in to find out what on earth. Peter says, the Holy Ghost has arrived. The Holy Ghost has arrived. Amen. So, you know, when they start to wondering why you're just a little overexcited and a little too happy, you know what I mean? And, and, you, and you just do little things just a little bit different. Tell them, the Holy Ghost has arrived. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. The Holy Ghost got in. He showed up. He's in my house. (laughs) Amen. 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 All right. God bless you. God, go with God. Hallelujah. Be kingdom people today in Jesus' name.